you or someone you love needs help for an addiction, where do you turn? Foundations Recovery Network offers individualized treatment for the whole person. Our goal goes beyond short-term sobriety. We address substance abuse and co-occurring mental health issues together, providing a firm foundation for long-term recovery. The first step is often the hardest, but we're here with a free assessment, insurance information, and treatment options. Our confidential helpline is available 24-7, so call 877-714-1318 and discover the Foundation's Recovery Network difference today. They named it San Diego, which in German means... Oh, gnarly! This is Rich Roll, and you're listening to Sober Guy Radio. Yo, what's up? Thank you for tuning in today. Thanks to humans for bringing us in. Thanks to you for supporting the show. Welcome to Sober Guy Radio. I wanted to mention again uh, that song, the intro song. Uh, we we uh, we changed it up a bit this time. I felt it had a nice little San Diego vibe to it. Uh, so that's Watusi off of uh, Humans' album titled Noontide, and they're uh, good homies of the show and always uh, making some good music. So be sure to check them out. We're coming to you live from the Innovations and Recovery Conference down in San Diego, California, and uh, at uh, Hotel. Del Coronado. Absolutely beautiful here. We're having a good time getting some sun, hanging out, meeting some good people, having some good conversations. So uh, we've already put out a couple of episodes uh, today and yesterday, so be sure to check those out. Um, You can go to thatsoberguy.com for past episodes, resources. You can contact us there, and you can also help uh, support the show there. Now, if you have questions about whether you or a loved one may need some help, you can contact Foundations Recovery Network at 877-714-1318. They have nationwide residential and outpatient facilities, and they can provide a confidential assessment and review what the best treatment options are for you or your loved one. Uh, Once again, that number is 877-714-1318. And uh, so let's get to our guest today. Um, Really excited to talk to her. Her name is Renee uh, Berbeau, and she's the author of Winds of Spirit. And Renee is also a shaman, which I'm stoked to learn a little bit more about. Uh, We talked a little bit yesterday, and you gave me a copy of the book, and you autographed it for me. That was so very kind of you. Uh, How are you? I'm great, Shane. Thank you for having me today. You know, they say when a book is autographed, then you have the energy of the author coming towards you, too. And ah, you're such nice. a great spirit. So oh, it was I appreciate fun to, that. to sign that over. Yeah. Well, no, you know, and that's that's um, that's one of the cool things I, I love about, um, well, just recovery in general. But even events like this is just get to meet some cool people and, um, and, and make some good connections and just chat. You know what I mean? That's what we're about to do right now. So it doesn't get much better. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. You're also in recovery, too, right? Yeah, last week it was 30 years that I Man, hadn't drank. 30 um, years. And I, and I say that, that you know, that, that I put down the alcohol. Be, being a shaman, there's been times in my life that I've gone to the jungle. I've done plant medicines. And yeah. so in some more traditional recovery programs, people say, well, you're not sober. But I have recovery. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so what is a shaman? I'm just going to get blunt and right oh, to that's it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So shamans have been around, um, the word comes from the Tungus, the Siberian shamans, that um, talks about the shaman is the person, the intermediary who can travel between worlds to affect change in, in your current everyday life. Huh. So they understand that everything, absolutely everything is energy. And as you understand that energetic form of things, you can tap into uh, healing, recovery, all yeah. those other aspects. And they use they use tools like drums, trance dancing, chanting, 
Um, there's the, certainly medicines are used with a lot of shamanic traditions. Yeah. And we're finding that a lot more out of out of the range of of the the indigenous people these days, which yeah. you could go into a lot of conversation about that. Yeah, because it's not something that um, that you really necessarily see every every day or even hear about, at least for in, from my perspective. So, is it something that is becoming a bit more um, a bit more known? Is is the shaman in kind of that way? Yeah, there's been you know the, there's an issue because. You know, a lot of the indigenous people want to protect their cultures and their ways, and so yeah. there's a lot of talk about cultural appropriation. And but in but when in Winds of Spirit, we go right back to the fact that all of that information, all of that spirituality, all of that God was in the wind from the very get go yeah. at the creation of the planet. And so I think the information's always been in the wind. You just have to bend your ear to hear it. Yeah. Um, w- w- sorry, when you were saying wind, I always think of this. Um, you know something that's always that's always close to me, and I think it's in Ecclesiastes in the Bible. Actually, and it talks about a chasing of the wind. As humans, we're constantly chasing the wind, and it's like when it's almost like you can you're never satisfied by that. Um, I mean, is there? What do you think about the chasing after the wind? That's an interesting thing because ever since I found the winds of spirit and really tapped into what this meant, I felt more held by spirit for all of the thirty years, all of the forty years, all the sixty years that I was seeking. Yeah, and. The truth is, is Holy Spirit is a wind, Ruach is a wind, Nirvana is a no wind. Hmm. So before religion and before the Bible took wind into a translatable story for people to organize around, people were wind believers. Wind is invisible, wind is more powerful than you, and wind, um, animals change their direction of travel based in the wind. Yeah. Yeah, that's a trip, and I want to hear you more. So, what about the sun? Is there is there a representation with the sun and versus the wind, or what's that look like? Well, you know, the, all of the nature elements in the sun god, certainly in like the Cairo and the the Peruvian traditions and yeah. in Egypt, the sun god has always been uh, an important character. My old clinical director he said, "So, are you going to talk about the earth in your next book?" And <laughs> he wanted me to do all the elements because he yeah. he really when he started to really get beyond that this isn't clinical, he thought, "Wow, yeah. this book is really cool. How are we going to translate it so everyone gets it?" What uh, what got you in? What got you into um, being a or be, ultimately becoming a shaman? And then even before that, like what what was that defining moment? I guess where you said, "Man, I'm really going to kind of go after this way." I resisted. Um, I I was thirty. My father. I had. A, oh, I was a chef. My grand opening, and the next day, my father went home and had a massive stroke, and he was my banking connections. Yeah. And and it was this. It was a. It was the talk about those two paths in the woods. It was my defining moment. Was like, do I want to die at fifty-two, or do I want to? see that there's something more to this life yeah and yeah. so the next thing you know i said well i need to do something different and then one thing led to the next because we're always on a spiritual path yeah, sure. you either know it or you don't know it, but you're always on a spiritual path and i found myself in the woods one night doing a fire walk with a nun and huh. it was a, it <laughs> was a really it was a yeah. talk about a paradigm shift yeah because even then you had this idea of the catholic church the nuns well if you want to get into some misogyny stuff, the nuns weren't cared for the way the priests were. And so they all lived together in a house and she became a body worker and led firewalks. Huh? Yeah. Well, no. And that's, um, 
I was actually raised Catholic growing up, so I did catechism, I did um, you know first communion, all that stuff, and is um, and I'm not I'm not knocking the Catholic Church or anything, but as I got older, it just um, there was something about it to me where I started to discover um, a difference between spirituality and religion, I guess, <laughs> and, um, and and that was a big awakening for me, and I, I think it I think it really took you know, going into recovery for me to ultimately kind of start prying that door open a little bit more. But I mean, do you have a, do you have any thoughts on the difference between religion and, and being spiritual? I think religion in its, in its most um, perfect order provides you the ritual and the ceremonies, yeah. which came from, a lot of them came from the indigenous people because a lot of my research for this book took me back to the Catholic missionaries really because they were the first ones to write yeah so they came into these tribes and they had they were the scribes so they wrote it down through their perspectives and my belief is that then the church took and integrated the best of the indigenous practices in with what they were creating as a body of scripture and so there is no clean Catholicism without the indigenous like you go to Peru and when they were having people paint on the church ceilings uh-huh. they got the people chewing the cocoa leaves they oh, shit. No <laughs> that's so, what that is huh uh-huh. I didn't even, I, now that you said that i just had the picture in there yeah i've seen those photos before but i never put two and two together and that, it's a cocoa leaf well because what what happened within in the proving which helps you function at high altitudes yeah so when you're the the peruvian the indigenous people that had a farm on these stepped hills and so they needed the the cocoa in order to you know, to breathe at those altitudes while they were digging their potatoes. And so when the Catholics came in, for a lot of the those indigenous people, they thought, oh, good, more God. Because, you know, they were, yeah. they already had a plethora of God. So it didn't, it never occurred to them that they would lose their way and lose their visions as they embraced, and not all of them embraced it. Some of them head, headed for the highlands, but for some of the other ones who did embrace it, you know the shamans will sit in the back of the Catholic Church with their with their cloth mastanas and their you know mesa stones inside there, and yeah. and, and pray to both. Yeah, that's interesting. And I, I always have, especially lately, been you know we question a lot of stuff. Like what's I only know what I'm told in a sense, or what I've you know researched in a sense too. You know, um, but especially from a young age, we were talking about our, uh, with, with TJ actually about how we're programmed at a young age, whether it's our parents the school system, whatever it is, the television. And so it's really about unlearning things as we get older and, and then jumping into, um, into recovery. Um, I kind of, I kind of want to jump into more of the book though. Like okay. how did, yeah. Like how does, how does the book relate to, um, to recovery so much? Well, first of all, it has my recovery story in there. So when, when this all happened and my world fell apart, because usually a, a shamanic initiation can mean an ent- entirely dismemberment of your life. Yeah. Which you find like a lot of addicts when they're down on their knees and like they're begging for, you know, they're begging for some kind of mercy. Yeah. You know, they could have that initiation. They can have that phase of, okay, something's got to give here. And for me in that was, I thought I, I wrote a different book. I wrote The Shaman Chef, How Cooking Saved My Life because I huh. was a chef and the act of cooking was a very mindful activity that yeah. brought me present. And probably, I used to have that, what's the use? What's the use? Why am I here? What's the use? 
you know, and the fact that I had a, a restaurant full of people every night, yeah. I had to perform. Yeah. And so with these winds of spirit, once I really embraced that they were an energy that could hold you, I no longer was seeking spirit outside of me anymore. I'd go outside, I'd feel the wind blow, and I knew that I was held and that these winds had my back always. Yeah. yeah. Do you mind um, uh, sharing a little bit about your personal story? Because I think that would be interesting. I don't want to give the book away or anything. That's but, all right. Um, my yeah, personal I mean, story is pretty cool. Yeah. So um, I was 30 years old. I was a up-and-coming, talented, talented chef. And um, after that grand opening, when my father went home and had a stroke, I, I, I found my way somehow to... Um, the truth was, is I was attracted to my therapist. And the therapist said, if you either... If, if you don't quit drinking, you're going to be in the places where cocaine is. So I, I wanted the therapist to like me. So I quit drinking so I wasn't in the place where cocaine is. It took me another year to quit the cocaine. Yeah. Once I finally got rid of the cocaine, I became suicidally depressed. Because you take away the substances that have held you since the time you were little. Yeah. You, you have to face something. And um, so I ended up in a, um, a lockdown ward of a, a mental institution because they didn't have dual diagnosis treatment centers back then. Oh, I see. And I learned about how the brain worked. Armed with just a little bit of information about how the brain worked, I thought like, well, I, I'm not, I don't necessarily want this lithium and this Zoloft. And I found myself with an Ayurvedic doctor who promised me that he would balance out my organs and that I wouldn't need those medications in my life. Now, I'm not recommending everyone go off their, their Zoloft or their lithium, but I am saying that those aren't the only approaches. Yeah. They're one approach. And this other path is couldn't be a lot more strenuous. And I I worked with him for a year and I got myself balanced in a way that I could navigate life. And the AA gave me the structure to show up. Got it, got it. And then I found myself at a soul retrieval workshop. And what really made me hit onto that shamanic path was when I went into the sweat lodge for the first time, the the Lakota Nipi. And I got on my knees, I crawled in, didn't know how to pray, but there was something about the earth and the heat and the connection that I felt like, oh my God, I'm home. Really? Uh-huh. What is that like being in, I've seen those on TV, I've never done one, the sweat lodge or the, um, it's, it, it, some, at least the one I saw was quiet, you couldn't talk in it, so I don't know if, that, well, if they're no, all like that or. Well, you, you, you talk when you're, when it's your turn. Oh, okay. You I talk see. in Got turn it. and they sing songs. Uh-huh. So, see, that's what happened. Was there's, the problem isn't with the religion because it had the rituals and the ceremonies and the rites of passage that we need yeah. that humans crave. It was that, that we got disconnected from them. Yeah. You know, they weren't working. But I totally believe that a shamanic path gives you back, you know, it gives you back the structure. Yeah. It gives you back the rituals. It gives you back the ceremony. You know, young men don't have, uh, um, they don't, and women, we don't have rites of passage anymore. And we need those because those are the, that's the day that you say like, oh, um, I, I'm now, I'm expected to be an adult a little bit. And so we're going right from something that's not working with no structure yeah. into addiction, oh, yeah. which is very ritualistic. Yeah. So we're still looking for the ritual. We're still looking for the, the, the shift of the brain. We're just looking for it in the wrong places. So how, how, do you, how do you transfer that then into some sort of a recovery program with the winds or with 
you know, something. So for some people who traditional. So somebody who feels a call to nature, the instead of if you do an overlay of the twelve steps, it works on the cycles. It works. The, the 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 spiritual traditions of the twelve steps match all spiritual programs worldwide. There's a there's a certain kind of, um, and if you take it back all the way, it goes yeah. back to nature. There's spring, yeah. there's summer, there's yeah. fall, and there's winter. And you know, people set New Year's resolutions that they can never keep because you're supposed to be hibernating. Uh-huh. Why would you be? Yeah. Now there's a lot of fun going on here. Yeah. I was going to say there's a, an exciting game of cornhole going on behind us, and they're like literally doing cartwheels. But yeah, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I played earlier. <laughs> oh, did uh, you win? I did. Of nice. course, I Congra- won. You know, I'm, you won I'm an addict. Prize. I want to. There's, there's no prizes. The yeah. prize is that you won. You won. There you go. Take um, that. So, so instead of like navigating, so like the for me, the spring is the first three steps. The summer is the four, five, and six. You know, the fall is a seven, eight, and nine, and then oh, wow. the the top of the north, the winter, that spiritual, that community buy-in is when you when you can actually live that and be of service in your yeah. life. Yeah. So it translates really well into this seasonal thing, and then these cardinal winds is east, south, north, and west. Uh, in this book, they're the Greek ones: Juris, Notice in the south, Zephyrus, and uh, Boreas in the north. They have held the structure of humanity since. I found it as early as the tablets, yeah. cave drawings before that. So we've always wanted to know where we were in space and time. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, I wanted to I wanted to read it. Um, so where to go here? I'm opening your book now. Um, someone who's kind of opened my mind up a little bit more to this is Noah Levine. And I saw he wrote a little thing in here, too, just, you know, about the book. It says, beautifully written, truly inspiring, practical, and applicable. This book will help guide you to the true path of finding your own inner wisdom and verified faith. Read it, apply the wisdom, and together we shall create a positive change on this planet from the inside out. So, really cool. But the, but the, the last part in that, from the inside out, you kind of already alluded to that, too. Like, happiness comes from within. Like, I can't make my wife happy i can't make my 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 friends happy like they're gonna have to do that themselves and it really starts with me and and vice versa they're not gonna make me happy either that concept it takes work too i definitely don't have it all figured out that's for sure um how do we get better at that well i i think back to that when i finally found myself at a real uh i call it the military 12-step model where you know they were going to take us through the steps and I was sitting there and she was telling us the only reason she was going to take us through the steps was so that we'd be of use to anyone else and I was sitting there thinking to myself I want to go through the steps so she gets sober and I get out of pain (laughs) yeah it was was all about what's in it for me (laughs) what's in it for me yeah and when I was doing um when I was I you know in this model of of 12-step work I had to fly back to the east coast and fly to three different cities on the East Coast to make amends. And Really? Yeah. So you actually went back? I went back. And face-to-face amends? Yeah, and sometimes were grave, graveside amends. Really? And I had, heavy. I had the most profound experience at a graveside amends was that um, I, I had a sous chef who worked for me in my restaurant that I beat up on a daily basis, really? and he died of AIDS. So I went and made a graveside amends to him, and so the next day, I thought I was going to get out of doing the amends because the woman said, oh, my husband's out of town, and oh, he's in AA, and he'll understand, I'll tell him you called. So then I go to lunch with my friend, and all of a sudden, 
I had lived at this apartment at an upside down light in Tipperary Hill. All of a sudden, the, the Applebee's puts us at a replica of the upside down light. Oh, no And way. then they're like, I call his wife back. I said, nah, sorry, that's not going to work. So I drive two hours out of town to where he was, and I make this amends, and he so, was so grateful. He said, you know, I couldn't get out of bed. I was so depressed. I've been sober 20 years. Yeah. He said, but I didn't make my amends this time. I went all the way through again. Thank you for coming. So I was, like, feeling pleased as punch. Yeah, yeah So I'm walking huge. around this town two hours outside of where I was, and all of a sudden I walk into a store, and there in front of me, was the mother of the young man that I had made the graveside amends to the day before. Really? Stand, and, and my mouth dropped. Uh, yeah. And, and her friends there, some woman's over, you know. And, and, she, and I said to her, well, you know, I'm making, I made amends to Jim yesterday. And she said, and he forgives you, and that's why I'm here. And, you know, it, it's those it's moments when you make those amends that you know. And there wasn't just one, there was ten of those. Yeah. That was probably the most significant, but there was a lot of them. And so when when you become available to other people, then you can explore other options. Yeah. And you need something to structure you, whether it's AA, whether it's going to the Lakota Lodge for 10 years, whether it's doing this wind work, whether it's a, you know, a year-long treatment program, whatever it is. Something needs to give you structure back to hold yeah. you until you can until you can have that spiritual experience. Well, and I've kind of had that take, um, you know, especially ever since we started. I started getting the opportunity on the on the podcast to talk to a, a lot of different people with a lot of different points of view and you know their their own experiences through recovery. I always think that that is um, important. Like something that works for me is not going to work for the next guy, and vice versa. Um, Man, I uh, I totally had a question for you, and it totally uh, went out of my mind now. That's because I was totally, talking too long. No, no, no. <laughs> you're you're doing great. You're doing great. This stuff is it's it's really interesting. I had something to follow up with that, but I completely forgot. So, um, what's next for you? I mean, what's what's going on right now? So you did speak though, yet yeah? was it yesterday? No, I'm speaking tomorrow. Oh, you're speaking tomorrow. And I thought you spoke already. No, it's tomorrow. I'm speaking called one recovery, many paths. So what does that look like? Well, because truthfully, once you once you wake up, once you're really wide awake. The view is the same. Yeah. You're present. You're of service. And people like to be around you. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, those, yeah. those are they're really simple things. And we, we chase that for so long. But that where we, we get locked into these ideas that there's like for so long that, you know, AA was the only way. And, yeah. and a lot of treatment centers still, they don't like the medically assisted treatment. And or but that's there's these all like you know, TJ's conscious recovery. There's all of these other ways because the as society is lost. So we need yeah. as many ways to get people back awake as possible. So my my thing is, is to carry this message. Let the winds carry their own message because this book is of me, but it's not me. It's These yeah. winds were, cool. were locked away in time for thousands of years. And this is the first time they've reappeared on the planet at this very, very tumultuous time yeah. when, hold on to your hats. It's going to get rough out there. And oh, sure. But just know something. I believe as a spiritual shaman that you signed up to be here right now. You signed up to navigate these choppy waters where the, you know, the, the, the light has got to re-shine on this planet. Gender's dissolving. There's all of these things going on. But we're our work as spiritual beings is to 
shine our lights even brighter. Yeah, and, and that kind of, you said a couple things there, but one of them, the, in the foundation of, of recovery, um, we, we can kind of create our own recipe to it after a while, especially the longer we're in recovery. You know, like I was saying earlier, I get to talk to a lot of people. Well, man, what about that? I'll try something different. But you brought up a good point earlier. You need to have some sort of foundation. What is it? And that changed. That's changed for me. It's consistently changing some of the stuff because I'm trying new things and I'm, I'm trying to figure out what is that perfect recipe for me. But my point is, is we really do got to have something that is a, that is a firm foundation mm-hmm. um, uh, up front uh, to really keep us dialed in. I mean, that's so important. Well, you know, Americans especially, and I don't know other cultures because I haven't lived in them so much, but we like the 32 flavors. Oh, I don't like chocolate today. I'm going to go over to have vanilla and this. I got 16,000 AA meetings that I can choose from. You're not talking like you move the chairs. I'm going over there. And one of the things that in most, you know, nature-based traditions is that you, you pick a path and you stay with it. So if it's shaman, shamanism that calls you, stay there till the miracle happens. If it's, um, you know, if it's mindfulness-based, stay there till the, you know, it's, you can't just say, oh my God, somebody hurt my feelings today. I'm gonna, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. So that's why I think I really am a supportive of a lot of, especially with such a young, addictive population. I'm really supportive of some of those longer 90 four months a year program because we're talking about like when I first got sober I didn't know how to make my bed yeah (laughs) I mean my sponsor said make your bed every day I'm thinking like well what for yeah I mean with the structure you the structure of this container like if you look at these east south west and north winds humanity has needed this structure since the beginning so to take and blow up the structure Mm, it doesn't work so well. You see how it's working. Yeah. Um, what is what is a shaman recovery program look like? Just in layman's terms for somebody, like real simple, somebody who doesn't have any idea. Like, I'm just the only thing I know is a, a twelve step program. Really, okay. I mean, a refuge, you know. But what does a shaman look like? So, with with the shaman, what what changed for me was I went to do a soul retrieval workshop, and. You know, there's so many different psychological things, but a soul retrieval is that trauma fragments your soul. You've been abused, you've been this. So parts of your soul are left over in Toledo and San Francisco. And so part part of the first shamanic thing is is to find out where these fragments of souls are missing and bring them back into one universal cohesive whole. Some of those parts, I've had to say, hey, listen, you didn't grow up with the rest of me. See you. But so that, so once I had my soul back intact, I closed the restaurant, I moved west, I found the sweat lodge. And part of the sweat lodge for me was the consistency of showing up every single week, putting the blankets on, you know, taking the blankets off. For the first year, I just complained about who else didn't take the blankets <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, comedy. it's just me, yeah. me, me. Yeah. And finally, one day, it was like, after I did the steps in combination with it, yeah. it was like, oh, my God, just gag me. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, because you know you're That's recovered funny. when you're, when you're, you show, like, for example, one of my bosses said, you can't bring the wind work to work. And I just laughed at him because it was like, I take the winds with me. It's everywhere. Everywhere. It's like, once you become a beacon of light, you're a beacon of light. Yeah. 
and then you know when you're when you don't feel good you you know that you need an adjustment or you have a few teachers so the shamanic path is like like the vedic path you you sit down every day and do your mantras so with the shamanic they might journey to the underworld find out what's you know they have spirit helpers to help them my spirit helpers happen to be the wind so if i one day i did something really i my friend was selling shampoo and so she had these pump bottles I wanted. So I took one. I got wind slapped. <laughs> there was really? like this wind and a constant nattering at me. Yeah. What makes you think you should just, you know, take this without asking your friend? So, yeah. I mean, so they've become the guidance for, and then I'm there like a call up. I said, hey, I took one of those. So, but it was, it was just, I said, well, I really should have asked you first. Yeah. So, you know, whatever it is in your teachers and keep you in line, but you have to live in integrity. So, and, and I'm, is the wind almost in a sense a form or is it a form of a higher power, a God, a replacement for that? I guess that's kind of what I'm like, how do you describe that? Cause that's kind of what it sounds like to me. I don't know if that's correct or not, but. I wouldn't say that it's a replacement. I would tell you at the beginning when the earth was formed, yeah. the wind was there. The wind was there, so it's oh, I mean, yeah, it's no always what. been there. So, what happened was we tried to understand what that higher power was, so that we could congregate people around this group. But if you go to the wind, you're going to the direct source. But did God create the wind? That's I think I, the wind. I think, I think that there is no separation between energy. So, so like we're all connected through the wind. The wind that we're we're spreading now is going to go around the world in a few short days. Yeah, yeah. So. There's in the shamanic world everything's of energy, so there is no separation. Okay. So it's constant. It's constant. So the rock is God. The 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 water is God. The, the, everything is God. There's more God. Huh. So we try to boil that down to that there's some big thing in the sky that's going to judge you when you die. But you know what? Yeah. How do you yeah. feel today? Yeah. You know when you're in integrity and you feel good. So we're compasses. We're we we we're. we're a, attracted to this earth and we stay planted based on our own magnetic or fields right so we're really of the earth got it got it but shamans understood that and so they have this reverence for everything that makes everything godlike it's a trip <laughs> it's i mean it's it's i mean there's so many elements you could you could probably discuss this for days on end and say, well, what about this? What about that? Because my mind's going on. Well, what about that? You know, we, we want to debate and talk and ask questions and stuff. We obviously don't have enough time to do that today, but I'm really interested in checking the book out. And I just want to thank you again for uh, for giving me a copy of it and um, and signing it too. I mean, it's uh, re- really nice of you. Thank you and thanks for coming on the show too. Uh, thanks, Jane. Let me just tell you one way that yeah. you can use the book. I want you to um, do the wind whistle too. Okay, before gonna, we go after well, well, this. Okay, okay. I don't want to forget. Yeah. So. What you can do is you can just open up to the back and get some wind guidance for a single day. So, like, if I just opened up to um, uh, Carrie, the Malaysian wind, which is really funny because someone from Malaysia today said, oh, I want your wind whistle. And Carrie arrives as a wild western wind of self-expression. His presence may conjure up ghosts that are better left in the past. Take time to discern whether your current creative expressions merit a fertile garden plot or should be discarded like seeds in the jungle left to regenerate on their own. Huh, interesting. 
shall we call to carry? Was that Let's a good one it. for you yeah, today? Yeah, yeah, that was mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. All right, so this is a wind whistle. It's being made for me by a man who doesn't speak any English. From it's an Aztec version of a wind whistle, but it's really made totally cool for. It's totally made for the practical shaman and. Um, and I'm going to blow it for you. Let's call to carry. All right, let's do it. And see if you feel the God in this wind. All right, let's do it. It even sounds cooler through the SMB7 sure oh, too. Yeah. I love that. That's nice. Thank you. I'm That's gonna pretty sweet. I'm going to have to get sweet. one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff, Renee. Well, thank you. Uh, if anyone wants to, and I'll put the links in the, um, I already put the link to the book uh, on, uh, in the show notes here. If anyone wants to reach out to you, find more information, uh, uh, how could they do that? Well, you can come over on Facebook to the Wind Clan. There's about 15, over 1,500 Wind Believers. And it's a, a great tribe of people who are supporting each other. Or go over to thepracticalshaman.com and check me out there. Got it. Got it. Thanks, Renee. Thanks so much for coming on Sober Guy Radio. Oh, I'm excited. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. Um, go to thatsoberguy.com for more information. Uh, coming to you live from Innovations in Recovery 2018 in San Diego, California. Uh, it's brought to you by Foundations Recovery Network. Peace, love, respect. Keep your blood clean.